The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, August 28th, 2022. And thank you for joining us for the Tales of the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Uh, Tonight's show will contain possible spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode of whatever Walking Dead show is on. It airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we'll go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together, and then at the commercial breaks, we'll rate the episode between 1 and 10, 1 being, oh my God, this is a baby's diaper, please get it away from me, and 10 being, this is absolutely perfect, and I want this playing behind me for the rest of my life as I walk around the earth and listen to it. Um, We haven't had any 1s or 10s, but that's our rating scale, just so you guys know if you want to play at home or in the chat room with us. And we will also give you commentary news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic-free, so please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air, as we prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented to us. Um... Let's skip down. Normally, I would greet one of our regulars, Joan, who's usually with us, but she did let me know she's going to be a couple minutes late, but she will be joining us, and I hope some of the rest of you will be joining us as well. I know some of you may be doing that later, and that's fine, too. You are just as appreciated. All right, so quick reminder of the main shows. There are a few tiny changes towards the end, but most of the beginning stuff won't be a surprise to anybody who listens to us, even semi-regularly. So... The final season of The Walking Dead Classic starts on October 2nd, and there will be eight episodes remaining ever, opening with Season 11, Episode 17. And so it'll run October 2nd to November 20th, 2022, and that comes in six weeks. I do not know what is happening in between. We're on Episode 3 out of 6 for Tales of the Walking Dead, but that doesn't bring us to October 2nd, I don't think. You know what? I'm going to put that to bed and look at my calendar since I bother to have one. Okay, so the 4th of September is episode 4, then the 11th is episode 5, and the 18th is episode 6. So we have a week in between. Okay, that's not horrible. Maybe they just need a break for a minute to kind of promote and get set up. I'm not really sure what will go on on Sunday, the 25th of September, or whatever that is. Let me double-check. I shut the window in before I open my big mouth. I apologize for that. Let me double-check the date. One more time. Pardon me just a moment. Let me check this. Nope, not July, the other way. Yes, September 25th. That will be without an episode, it appears. And I think maybe they'll do a little special leading up to, you know, the final eight. We'll see. I'll keep you all informed when I find out, as I always do. All right. I'm double-checking the chat room because I see that Joan has just made it. And let's give her some welcome applause because I appreciate it. And going to check in the chat room, make sure that she can hear me okay, because once in a while we have some little technological vomit and we have to fix it. But most of the time, we're, we're doing good. So she'll let me know in a hot second since I typed to her. And she says, yep, she can hear me just fine. Excellent, which means the rest of you can too. Let's go ahead and go on. Now, the next Fear the Walking Dead, Season 8, is currently said to be airing in late 2022 to 2023. It's possible, doing the math and with tradition, that it will air after the Walking Dead Classic ends, which would be Thanksgiving weekend to start, October 22nd, 27th excuse me, to January 15th, 2023, with part two later in 2023. Not quite sure how it'll work out. But, you know, I I do keep you all up to date 
as far as these things go. We've had a little wiggliness the last couple of years because of quarantine busting up schedules and things, and I think we're still recovering from that. And it's okay. That's fine. All right, next, uh, Walking Dead World Beyond has ended a while ago. There is likely a tie-in with the Commonwealth somehow between the Commonwealth and CRM, but we have no leads as to how. We also don't even know if they are rivals or cooperating together. Um, there's been a couple of little funny things that have happened in the Commonwealth that have started rumors that the CRM is funding, backing, encouraging, watching the Commonwealth somehow. We're not really clear. Uh, next, Daryl spinoff. Uh, this is considered the fourth spinoff of the series. I object to this because I feel like it devalues some of the very interesting webisodes, miniseries, side projects that have happened. Um, so I don't really know why it's being said this way. Uh, the earlier ones, the ones in the beginning tied into the main series and Later ones did not, but by then the tradition had been established. So uh, they're calling it the fourth, so I'm going to go with that for now. But understand I have my reservations about it, and I may or may not play along. We'll see. But that's the deal on World Beyond. Most of you all know that. The Daryl spinoff. Oh, World Beyond is not the fourth. That's the third. The Daryl spinoff is the fourth. It's still going to premiere in 2023. And David Zabel, Z-A-B-E-L, will serve as showrunner. It is rumored to connect to the newly discovered Advanced Walkers in France. That was at the end of World Beyond. And there has been some officially leaked hinting in some of the trailers and other nonsense that these Advanced Walkers may turn up at the Commonwealth or news about them may turn up, but I get the impression from official materials that we have seen in trailers that towards the end of the show, they may have to deal with them, and that may change a lot of the politics and bullshit that's been going on there, because you know, just like Alexandria, when the people got comfortable and went back to the day-to-day, quote, suburban life, things got weird and sticky, and I think that's going to happen with the Commonwealth as well, and this is not an official uh stance on anything, but it's not a cheat spoiler. It's one that's come from official materials from AMC. All right, so um, this will line up with the World Beyond timeline of 10 years after it all begins. Uh, David Zabel, by the way, is a producer and writer known for ER back in 94, Keith in 2008, and Detroit 187 in 2010. That's his claim to fame. He has not worked on the Walking Dead franchise anywhere previous to this. Um, Joan has not added anything in the chat. You're welcome to, or you don't have to. We're going to just keep going. We'll just give you a chance to pipe up if there's anything you wanted to share. Okay, next. This is already over, but I like to keep mentioning it just because, and this is how I feel about some of these side projects, Dead in the Water. That was Fear Webisodes. It was a mini prologue about the USS Constitution from Season 6. Uh, that concluded in spring 2022 and is still archived and up on AMC Plus On Demand. You cannot go see it at the regular channel, but you can on AMC Plus, which is subscription only. All right, next, Maggie and Negan in New York. This is the, considered the fifth spinoff. They have had a title change. So let's see. I'm just going to throw in tiny. I'm looking for a very short piece of music here. Here we go. Okay, I'm just going to fade that off for right now. I'm just, I'm having a little fun making a big deal about it. That wasn't as short as I was hoping. Um, anyhow, uh, here is the title change. It was called Isle of the Dead, which I have complained for quite a while now that it sounds too much like it ripped off George Romero. And I guess maybe somebody also had that idea. I'm sure they're not listening to my show, but the notion is obvious enough to anybody who follows the genre in general that I bet that they thought of it. And maybe there are other reasons as well. 
but they've changed the name to The Walking Dead, Dead City. And that just was announced on the 26th, a couple days ago. Eli Jorne, who's a writer and co-executive producer on The Walking Dead, and I have mentioned him in his bio several times, is going to be the showrunner for the Maggie and Negan spinoff, and it will be overseen by Walking Dead Chief Content Officer Scott Gimple. Also, uh, Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey Dean Morgan will also be executive producers of that show. It is also going to be a miniseries like several of the others. They're doing a lot of wrap-ups for beefy timelines that really need its own attention. So this is going to be one of them. It'll be six episodes. And then we don't necessarily assume any of these six-episode nibbles are finite. Uh, Dead in the Water kind of did that. But I'm not. You, that was just a prologue for something that had already happened, so we knew what happened next. And this, these are different. These are in the future. Okay. So speaking of six episodes and other spinoffs, The Walking Dead, Rick and Michonne Untitled series debuts in 2023. It will replace the Rick Grimes movies. This is not news. I've told you guys already. Um, one of three uh, new series coming in 2023 that continues the stories of so many iconic and fan-favorite Walking Dead characters. Six episodes is the sixth spinoff of the series Walking Dead television series after Fear, Walking Dead World Beyond, Tales of the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead Dead City, and the untitled Daryl spinoff. Entertainment Weekly has confirmed that the announced six episodes are not a limited series. Honestly, most of these are not. But instead, the first season of a continuing series. And remember, now we're talking about Rick and Michonne, although that could be true of Maggie and Negan or the Daryl thing as well. Um, so Scott Gimple revealed on Talking Dead, that had to be a few weeks ago because they haven't been doing it for Tales, um, has revealed that Rick and Michonne in this series will be reminiscent of Red Machete era Rick and Michonne when she fought the governor. So a little less warm fuzzy and a little more fighting. And I've seen some interesting pictures, but I'm assuming all of these are photoshopped and they're just fan wishful thinking or something. But there have been several allegations that seem to imply that Rick has been voluntarily or not is unclear, but conscripted into the paramilitary CRM, like he's wearing a uniform and running around. I don't know if that was just people having fun with the plot or speculating or if there's something to it. I don't know if that was Anne or Jadis's uh, agreement when she brought him in. Don't really know any of that. But so that's what's going on with the spinoffs. Let me double check in the chat room real quick. Joan has a couple comments. She said, speaking of timelines, I haven't had much time to investigate. This is fine. Um, you know, when you can, it's appreciated. And if I see something sooner, I'll let you all know. But she says, from what I have seen, comparing my earlier notes with current stuff online, I was right about the timeline being all facta. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. We've kind of been collectively pretending not to realize that if you look too close, something's wrong with it. And Joan also said, wow, I didn't need Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Cohen. Oh, she didn't. She said she didn't need, but she meant she didn't know this. Um, we don't have a good edit function in the chat room, so you have to go back and fix it. Um, she didn't realize that um, he and Lauren Cohen were executive producing the show. That was just newly announced. Nobody really seemed to know that. So I told you all something new. Yay. I'm so happy. <laughs> Sometimes the news that I have is not always that breaking, but, you know, I do try. Alrighty, kids, it is 844. Let's go ahead with the rest of the show. So feel free to call in to speak with the host if you would like. 914-338-0314. We will take calls all evening during the show, but we especially encourage you to call between now and 9 p.m. Eastern Time before the live show begins. You're still welcome to call in during the live show but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, and there are a lot of our followers who are like that, they don't really want to get on the phone live. We do have a live chat room, 
where you can come in and just type and talk to other people. Um, you can ask questions about the show. You can make comments, rate things, and you can go back to that same link and listen to the show real time as well as download the episode after it's over. Um, they will compile it as an MP3 for later listening, and we usually post the links for that on Facebook and Twitter. Um, so please feel free to share them. And this is true of any of our episodes. You can go back and hear them retroactively. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you can do that. Take advantage of that later on. And download it. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page when you pull up the link. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes and Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. If you're looking for a particular episode and you can't find it, Message us on the Facebook page, and I will see what I can do to help you out. Alrighty, meat and potatoes time. Tonight's Tales episode is entitled D-D-E-E, as in the name. Official AMC synopsis. A mother evolves after she and her daughter escape violence and take refuge on a vintage steamboat. The peaceful ambience deteriorates when a coup attempt forces the mother to revisit her violent past in order to protect her child. Now, it is absolutely not a secret, despite the cryptic synopsis, that this episode is about Alpha. Now, she called herself Dolores in the kingdom when she was sort of hiding in plain sight. I believe it was Dolores. Um, if you're able to double check for me, Joan, that would be cool. I, I don't remember what name she used in the kingdom. She, I thought it was Dolores. It could be something else. But anyway... D is short for that. That was probably her original real name. All right. Since each episode is self-contained, we will also introduce and profile the main characters and their actors. It's 8.47 p.m. Since we have several of them, this may take us up to the top of the hour, or I might not even complete it, but I will complete it at the first commercial break, certainly, if I don't. All right. Samantha Morton plays D. So Samantha Morton was born in May 77 in Nottingham, England, to parents who divorced when she was three years old, and then she was made part of a mixed family of 13. Um, I will tell you, a lot of her bio is out there, and she had kind of a rough childhood, um, which somewhat informs when and the method by which she ended up in acting. Um, at that point in time, she became mixed, part of a mixed family of 13. She had eight brothers and sisters. She had a rough life as a child for quite some time afterwards. At 13, she left regular school to train as an actress at the Central Junior Television. It doesn't say Central Junior Television what. I assume it's a school, um, you know, a drama school of some sort. It was at the end of her training then that she decided a life as a professional actress was for her. Uh, she has over 60 IMDb acting credits. Um, this is a really cool piece of trivia. Some of you may know this already, but I have to confess that I'm super late to the game with this one. But, surprise, one of the most interesting things I didn't previously realize about her is that she was one of the three psychics in Minority Report. Samantha Morton was Agatha. And that was the first time she shaved her head for a part in a movie or TV. Um, so that was the first time, and that was in 2002, and then as Alpha in The Walking Dead. So that was kind of fun. I really liked Agatha, and I didn't put two and two together. But if you remember the scene at the end of Minority Report where Agatha is squirreled away and trying to keep Tom Cruise from being attacked for having taken her, and she screams at him to run. And it's the way that she says it. If you remember that scene and what she looked like when she screamed, you can see where the acting habits of Alpha comes from. It's very much the same. It's disturbing. It's, ever since I figured that out the other day, it's been bugging me. It's kind of wigging me out a little bit. Um, all right, let me go ahead and continue. Dee is one of two returning characters from the franchise to appear in the series, at least so far. And we'll talk about that in a bit. Her daughter, Lydia, being the other one. And Lydia is also in this episode. We'll get to that very shortly. Dee is one of 15 characters to appear in more than one TV universe show. Understand that some of these references 
are a little tricksy, and a couple of them are in reference to shows that are coming. So you may not understand because it's in reference to shows that will happen either later this year or in the next year. So here are the 15 characters that have been in more than one franchise. Morgan Jones, Rick Grimes, Carol Pelletier, Paul Rovia, uh, and Paul made a brief appearance in Fear trying to get Morgan to come home uh, in the beginning of season four when he was not with the other characters yet. That's where that comes from because it confused me when they said it. Dwight and Sherry, uh, Beta, Anne slash Jadis, Edwin Jenner, and he is another one that confused me. He was the doctor at the end of season one, episode six at the CDC. He's the one who told Rick that everyone's infected. And he came up again in a cameo of some of the video from that particular episode in the ending of World Beyond because that information and other research went into the stuff, the plot line that's going on in France. So that's who Edwin Jenner is. And then Lydia, uh, Negan Smith, Maggie Bree, Gerald Dixon, and Michonne Grimes. And I actually missed when she started taking that name, quote, officially. I mean, I know they considered themselves um, married or whatever, but I did not actually realize that she had done that. Which is, I'm very happy about it. I just missed it somehow. Um all right, let's keep going. Lauren Glazier, G-L-A-Z-I-E-R, as Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E. Lauren Christie Glazier was born and grew up in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada, and studied at the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute and the Vancouver Academy of Dramatic Arts. She is an actress and producer. Pardon my hiccups, I'm sorry. Uh, known for Mindhunter 2017. Gone Girl in 2014, and C-S-E-E in 2019. I believe that's a series with Jason Momoa. I think so. I think I've seen ads for it actually on AMC in between stuff. She has 22 IMDb acting credits, including the above things. (coughs) I'm not doing as large profiles on these guys as I have done for writers and directors, primarily because... They're only going to be on once, most of them, and also because there's so many that I'm trying to keep it short. Okay, actress Scarlett Blum as Lydia. Um, the actress who plays Lydia currently in Walking Dead is Cassidy McClincy, but this is younger Lydia. So Scarlett Jennifer Blum is an American actor and dancer. Scarlett is the youngest member of an acting family that includes mom Rebecca Blum, dad Seth Blum, and sisters Eowyn and Havana. They were all in the short film Passing in 2019, which her mom wrote so the girls would have footage for their demo reels. The youngest member of a family of actors in Raleigh, North Carolina, Scarlett appeared in her first short film Faces, parenthetically Helene, when she was only two years old. Her parents, lifelong performers, met doing local theater, so it surprised no one when Scarlett and her siblings all displayed talent as performers. By the age of four, Scarlett had acted in numerous theater theatrical productions, ranging from Shakespearean tragedy to musical theater. In fact, when they, while they rehearsed Macbeth, the director, her mother, recognized Scarlett's preternatural focus as a skill that would translate well to film. She's the younger sister of actress Havana Bloom, B-L-U-M. I don't know if it's Bloom or Blum, so forgive me if I mess it up. Uh, She also portrayed a young Lydia at a different phase in the episode We Are the End of the World on Walking Dead Classic. Scarlett Blum also portrayed a younger version of Lydia in the episode Omega on the Walking Dead Classic. She has 15 IMDb acting credits, and she's not that old yet, including uh, Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 10, which is Omega. All right. It is 8.54. We could probably do one or two more of these uh, before we get going. All right. Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, Markarian, M-A-R-K-A-R-I-A-N, plays Jenna. She's a random survivor. I, this takes place on a riverboat, and I think there's a bunch of people on the riverboat. She's one of them. 
This is all I know. Uh, from Boston, Rachel attended a performing arts high school and was the youngest dancer offered a scholarship at Steps on Broadway to train at the age of 15. She has an extensive theater and dance background. Prior to her acting career, she was a highly regarded pro dancer working with Rihanna, Katy Perry, Beyonce, Pink, Cher, Justin Timberlake, uh, Kanye West. Yes, I'm being an asshole and deliberately not using his new name. And I probably shouldn't do that, but I kind of think he changed it because of his mental health issues and not because he means it. Um, so, you know, that may make me a bit of a ass, but sorry. Uh, Panic at the Disco and more. Uh, she has 52 IMDb acting credits, including Nip Tuck, Rush Hour 3, Criminal Minds, How I Met Your Mother, Guiding Light, Lou Grant, and many more. All right, so she is both a dancer and an actress. It's pretty cool. All right, let's go to the next one. It's 8.56. Let me get one or two in still. Nick Basta, B-A-S-T-A, as Billy, who's a random survivor. Nicholas Anthony Marcus Basta holds an MFA from the American Repertory Theater at Harvard. After graduate school, Nick moved to New York, where successes include recurring roles on Law & Order Criminal Intent, and Law and Order's Special Victims Unit. A director, producer, and screenwriter, Nick inspires local actors through his work at the University of North Carolina at Wilmington as professor of theater. He has been married to Joanna Miles Basta since 2001. He has 40 IMDBA acting credits, including Law and Order, As the World Turns, The Vampire Diaries, Turn, Washington Spies, NCIS New Orleans, and more. He is also finishing up his next project, which is an episode of the TV show Florida Man. All right, 857. Eric Tidde, T I E D E, as Nolan, random survivor. Apologies if I butcher the name. It, if this ever happens and anyone knows the real pronunciation, or in fantasy land, if any of these people or their representatives heard what I said and want to correct me, I'm totally open to it, and I apologize for any boo-boos. Um, so please let me know how to say your name correctly, and I will fix it. All right, there's no bio information available for him. He has 62 IMDb acting credits since 2006, including Criminal Minds, NCIS, Castle, Grimm, voicing on Elder Scrolls Online, Call of Duty World War II, and Vanguard video games, Magic the Gathering Arena, voice and uncredited in the show Bridgerton, um, and then Tales right before, oh, and a show, uh, I think it's a movie called Tales in 2022 that came out right before he was on Tales of the Walking Dead. All right, so upcoming projects include The Peripheral 2022, Leverage Redemption 2023, My Father's Dragon 2022, Surrounded, which is a Western movie, 2022, the Serpent Queen 2022. I guess he was super busy before and after this. <laughs> um, Jigsaw, which is TV show uh, 2022, and The Flash TV show 2023. All right, now it's 8.58. I'll double-check the chat room. There's nothing else going on right now. Um, we've got a couple minutes. I'll try to get in one more. Let's see what I can do here. Okay, Marvin LaViolette, V-I-O-L-E-T-T-E, is Todd. Haitian-American actor born in Brooklyn, New York, middle child of five siblings. As a child, his parents moved him to Florida, where he began to take interest in the performing arts and was enrolled in local magnet schools up until high school. He began his conservatory-style training at Pinellas County Center for the Arts in Dance and Performance Theater. During college, as a dance major, he was then introduced to TV and film, which became his first love after then transitioning from stage and theater. Now you can catch him on new seasons of the sitcom House of Pain as Ronnie and Queen of the South's final season. He has 30 IMDb acting credits since 2016, and upcoming projects include Damascus, D-E-M-A-S-C-U-S, TV show 2022, The Color Purple 2023, which is a musical adaptation. Um, I'm not sure of the movie or the book, but of the story. And then Act of Kindness, which is a TV movie in 2023. Now it's 9 o'clock. We're going dark. Thank you guys for joining us.
Okay. It is 9.10 p.m. We are at the first break. I'm starting with 525. Joan's starting with a 5.5. She had looked up and said, Dee is definitely Alpha's real name used in the flashback episode in season 10 where she and Lydia first met Beta, but I couldn't find anything about her introducing herself as that in the Kingdom episode when she infiltrated the fair and killed the people whose heads ended up on pikes. The person she killed to get the long blonde hair was Hildy. Um, she says, good to know D. Alpha wasn't driven mad by just the apocalypse. Seems she was always a little psychotic. She was more than a little psychotic. Um, I don't know if you remember the episode where we had the flashback to when she was in the shelter with her husband, who was alive, and their friends. But she ended up killing him in that episode. And now I find it interesting, because we knew that. But there was nowhere mentioned that it started when she was nine and killed her own father. So I'm waiting to see what happens when we go back in a few minutes and kind of see what's up with that. But I am pretty certain she introduced herself with a longer name in the episode when she's at the kingdom. I got to figure out what episode that was and see if we can look it up later. I don't know. Um, Anyhow, let me go back to notes. Um, Let's see. Martin LaViolette, I have finished with, so let's go next to Juan Carlos Flores as Mitch, who's a random survivor. Juan Carlos Flores became a professional actor in his native Mexico at the age of 19 for Televisa with roles in internationally broadcast soap operas. He was cast as a lead in Walt Disney Pictures' first Mexican film, high school musical The Challenge, followed by the principal role in Saving Private Perez, one of the most expensive Mexican films ever made. He has 25 acting credits on IMDb, primarily in Mexican shows until recently. All right, we have a trailer for Walking Dead Classic. Let me try to keep going. Ann Beyer, A-N-N-E-B-E-Y-E-R, as Hera, who is a random person, but we are back now. So I'll talk about this at break number two. Okay, it's 9.20. I'm going up to 5.5, and Joan's going up to 5.75. So going back to – Joan made a couple of comments in between. Let's go ahead and address those. She had thought that she killed her husband in the shelter because he had been abusive, but maybe not. That is the story she told Lydia. What really happened is that there was a guy in there who freaked out when the dead were attacking the shelter. And she was worried that he was going to freak out and let them in or attract them or whatever. So she was fighting with him, and her husband was going to get their daughter and leave. And she didn't want him to, so she killed him. But she told Lydia that he was abusive, but it was the other way around. And she also mentions the fair at the kingdom episode was the calm before, second to last episode in season nine, but it doesn't mention little Lydia being in that episode. So this must be current Lydia um, when she said that. Um, So I guess at some point during the calm before she mentions what her full name was that what D is short for. And we can find out if it was Dolores or if it was something else. Um, Joan is saying it was the penultimate episode of season nine. Okay. So it was the second to last. I guess it was season nine, episode 15 is the calm before because then 15, 16 was the storm. Okay. Yeah. And maybe something we'll have to go and look up later. This this is all fine. Okay. It's 922. We have a little bit of time, so let's keep going with the actors' bios. Next is Natalie Carp, K-A-R-P, as Erica. That's the lady who was just being referenced. Um, the actress, believe it or not, she doesn't look it on her IMDb or in the show tonight. She's 78 years old. Pretty amazing. Um, Natalie Karp is an actress and producer known for Dynasty, the 2017 reboot, Confirmation, 2016, and Natural Born Killers in 94. She's been married to director Michael Alowitz, A-L-L-O-W-I-T-Z, since sep- September 97. They have three children together. She has 23 IMDb acting credits since 93, including Natural Born Killers, Vampire Diaries, and Dynasty, the reboot. TV film, theater actor, Bilingual French-American citizen based out of Atlanta, Los Angeles, and Paris. I don't know which of those 
she's native too, but I believe she's American born. I'm not sure how all the rest fits in together. Okay, next, B-R-Y-A-N-T as Mr. Langston. No bio available for him. George Bryant is an actor known for She-Hulk, attorney at law. So that's kind of nice. He had a recent stint. Echoes in 2022 and Tales of the Walking Dead. He has eight IMDb credits since 2005, including Dynasty 2019. Apparently, he and Natalie might have known each other. I don't know. And She-Hulk. All right. It's 924. Let's see if we're back. Not quite yet, but very soon. We have the trailer for Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings spinoff thingy on Prime. Oh, now we're in a commercial again. Okay, so let's keep going. Ari Loeb, L-O-E-B, as Seventh Man. Um doesn't quite mention who that is exactly. Twitter bio, award-winning author of Thunder AZ, Thunder, Arizona. That's a book he wrote. Stunt performer, writer of fiction, Zombieland T-800Z. That was one of the zombies they did the double tap joke on. Quote, now you're probably thinking, hey, is this guy a novelist or a zombie? Well, you're absolutely right to ask. This is from his bio on his website. Let's keep going. I am an award-winning novelist who, when not writing, works in film and television as a stuntman. I specialize in creature movement, motion capture, and undead brain eaters that plague the earth. You may see me get run over by trucks in such shows as Zombieland, Double Tap, Fear the Walking Dead, and the Resident Evil video games. Perhaps you've watched me get hosed down with flames somewhere. If you're curious to know what writing looks like on 2,000 milligrams of ibuprofen, then buy one of my books today. Thanks for stopping by. Okay, I'll read the rest at break number three. Well, now this is going to get a little interesting. It's 931. Joan's staying at her 575, but I jumped past her to six because I kind of dug that last scene. I was really kind of digging Alpha coming in there and just getting to business. All right. Joan says 575 still. I'm sort of rooting for the psycho Alpha at this point. I'm sure it will pass. Uh, The rooting or the psycho? I don't think the psycho is going to pass, so I guess the rooting. (laughs) All righty. Those are our scores. It's 9.32. We're at break number three. Let's go back to bios. We were in the middle of Ari Loeb, who is seventh man. Um, All right. Even though tonight is an acting role, Ari has had 55 stunt credits since 2008, including Cirque du Soleil, Fight of the Living Dead, a 2015 TV show. Uh, Only lasted one season, which is a shame. I never even heard of it until now. Um, Walking Dead 2017, Season 8, Episode 1, Mercy. Overkill's The Walking Dead 2018 first-person shooter video game. Zombieland 2, Double Tap, also. So I guess uh, he and the guy before. um, Oh, no, it's the guy after that also has that. Um, Sorry, my bad. MacGyver 2016 reboot. Fear the Walking Dead for 15 episodes. uh, Stunt person from 2018 to 22. Tales of the Walking Dead tonight. And Saints Row video game in 2022. And more credits other than that. Those are highlights. He's had 18 acting credits since 2007, including Zombieland 2, MacGyver 2020, Resident Evil Village video game, and portraying a savior in Walking Dead and a doomsday cultist in Fear. And last acting profile, Johnny Alexander as Tough Guy, Random Survivor, another stunty and actor, Johnny has 48 stunt credits since 2014, including Criminal Minds, Luke Cage, General Hospital, Westworld 2020, CSI Vegas, The Orville, The Mandalorian, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, and future projects Creed 3, Avatar 3, The Dresden Sun, Four Kings, and White Men Can't Jump 2022 reboot. He has 28 acting credits since 2011. Johnny Alexander is known for The Shy in 2018, Avatar The Way of Water 2022, and Tales of the Walking Dead. He will also in the future be in Avatar 3, which I mentioned earlier. And then I have an article, which is uh, Tales of the Walking Dead could bring back more main Walking Dead characters, which I have postulated for a while. We are still in a commercial, so let's see how much of this article we can get to. Okay, this is written by Cameron Bolomono at comicbook.com one of our common sources, and he has to say, let's uh, go ahead and start it. Samantha Morton's Alpha is the first character 
from The Walking Dead to appear on Tales, but she may not be the last. The six-episode first season of the episodic anthology series focuses, focuses pardon, on new and established characters within the Walker uni- apocalypse, including Dee and daughter Lydia, set before their time with the Whisperers on The Walking Dead. In an interview with Deadline, series co-creator and showrunner Channing Powell confirmed the spinoff considered telling more tales with returning characters from the flagship series that will conclude with its last eight episodes this fall on AMC, meaning Walking Dead Classic. Quote, we entertained a couple of stories dealing with flagship show characters. Alpha's episode happened to be something that I had put a lot of thought into previous to beginning tales, oddly enough, says Powell, who co-created the anthology spinoff with uh, Walking Dead Universe Chief Content Officer Scott Gimple. Alpha's Tale, which premieres August 28th, is one that was already in my head, added Powell, a veteran writer-producer for The Walking Dead and Fear. Her credits include The Walking Dead Season 9 episode Omega, which flashed back to the onset of the apocalypse to reveal Alpha's Whisper origin story. And we're still in a commercial for at least for a minute. So, quote, there was something that really appealed to me about Alpha personally. I just love a great villain. I love a great villain that's a woman and a mother, and you know I'm a mother. Powell said. Most of the time I write about the apocalypse or watch anything on the apocalypse, I'm thinking, how would I handle this with my children? What would I do? Would, you know, would I ever become alpha? So it was really interesting to explore my own motherhood through hers. And we are back now. I'll see you guys at break number uh, four. Okay, it's 9.44. Uh, Joan, I don't know if you happen to know if this show, like last week, is going to run over a wee bit. Um, We are at break number four. Joan's staying at six. uh, And has said the last scene was pretty brutal. I agree with you. And I'm going up to 6.25 just because of some of the interaction and plot moving and other stuff like that. I found it kind of interesting. I was pretty certain that Alpha was going to kill Brooke and let her wander around and be a walker. I don't know that she might not still do that in the future. Hard to say. But, alrighty. Let's go back to the article and read you some more. While five of the show's six episodes, first six episodes, center on never-before-seen characters, Tales stretches across the entire timeline of the flagship show and then goes beyond it, meaning characters who have already died on other Walking Dead shows can return in their own prequel episodes. Michael Cutlets, who played Abraham Ford, and Ryan Hurst, who starred on seasons 9 and 10 as Alpha's second-in-command, Beta, have hinted at returning to tell new stories, fleshing out their characters in the years before the death. I have been saying for years on this show that I think there should have been a prequel getting into the story of how Abraham Ford and Rosita and Eugene all came together as a unit. I think we never really got that story. And I also know there's found footage that Al had on fear because she interviewed Abraham at one point. And I think both of these things should come into an Abraham Ford episode. So from my mouth to maybe Channing's ears, I don't know. (laughs) Hard to say. Anyhow, let's keep going. Tales of the Walking Dead features a cast that includes Olivia Munn, Terry Crews, Parker Posey, Anthony Edwards, Poppy Lou, Jillian Bell, Lone Chabonal, M. Beth Davids, Jesse Usher, Daniela Pineda, and Danny Ramirez, amongst others. And that is the end of that article. Um, Let's go back to the notes. Writers and directors profiles. Tonight's episode was written by Channing Powell, directed by Satro. Um... Let's go ahead and do Channing's bio if we can. Uh, Channing Powell, uh, she, her, by the way, I know her name is somewhat unisex. Elizabeth Channing Powell is from Easton, Maryland, and her husband's from McLean, Virginia, so they're D.C. natives. Uh, Powell graduated from Williams College with a bachelor's in film production. She's been married to Jonathan Edward Severow since 2010, and her wedding to him was officiated by Sandra Day O'Connor, a retired SCOTUS justice. 
She got her start in the industry as an assistant on the television show White Collar. While she was there, she made her way up the ranks until she was staffed as a writer and eventually gained credits as an executive story editor. She's known for The Walking Dead, White Collar, and Good News, Oklahoma. Powell was a co-producer, producer, co-executive producer, or consulting producer for 96 episodes of The Walking Dead, starting with Season 4, Episode 1, 30 Days Without an Accident, back in 2013, up to Episode Season 9, Episode 16, The Storm. She's been consulting producer for Fear for 21 episodes since Season 6, Episode 1 in 2020 to Season 7, Episode 5 in 2021 so far. She has written 18 prior Walking Dead classic episodes, starting with Season 4, Episode 5, Interment, in 2013, and up to Season 10, Episode 14, Look at the Flowers, Where We First Met Princess. She's written two prior Fear episodes, Season 6, Episode 11, The Holding, and Season 6, Episode 14, Mother. She's executive producer and showrunner for Tales. She has creator writer's credits for all of Season 1 of Tales, and also has additional written-by credits for tonight's episode. Let me double-check and see if we're back, and we are. I'll see you guys at break number five. Okay, it's 9.53. Joan has discovered that it ends at 10.02 tonight. I'm very shocked, to be honest with you. Um, Joan is at 6.5, and I am at 6.5. So now we've kind of evened out, I think. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and go back to our notes. Um, Satro is the director of tonight's episode. We're getting to the bio stuff really late tonight. Sorry about that. Um, my, I've given you most of his bio. That you know, he's been involved in this show since forever. It started with season one, episode two of Walking Dead Classic called Guts in 2010. Lots and lots and lots of stuff he's done forever. Tonight is his second episode directed for Tales. And he also directed episode five, Devon, which is coming in a couple weeks. Trivia about tonight's episode. Tonight is the third episode of Tales Ever. Co-stars Marvin LaViolet as Todd, Juan Carlos Flores as Mitch, Ann Byer as Hira, Natalie Carp as Erica, George Bryant as Mr. Langston, Ari Loeb as Seventh Man, Johnny Alexander as Tough Guy. Uncredited was Lucy Hun as a steamboat resident. First and last appearance of Brooke, the casting for this character, used the name Haley. Brooke is described as intelligent, powerful, a striking, and type A. Formerly the manager of a gym and exercise instructor, she's a natural leader and wants everything to be in order with everyone taken care of. While admired by many, she's inclined to overstep. Haley has a maternal nature, which is most prominent around children. Yeah, you think? (laughs) However, she has a tendency to be too trusting due to her overconfidence. Nothing is known about Brooke's life prior to the outbreak or when it began, except that she was a gym manager and an exercise instructor. First and last appearance of Nolan, Lydia chronologically, D chronologically, Jenna, Billy, Mr. Langston, Todd, Mitch, Erica, Hira, and the Whisperers chronologically. I assume there's something in the next few minutes where that'll come up. This episode was originally the season finale. However, it was rearranged for unknown reasons. Most of these were in a different order. And we don't actually know why they redid it. One of the extras portraying a steamboat resident also portrayed a scavenger in the TV series. This is a result of the main show and tales both being filmed in Georgia. There is a backstory uh, to the episode season nine, Walking Dead Omega. Okay, this is where we're going to talk a little bit about Dee and her husband. Okay, please note the shelter in season nine, Omega was in Baltimore, and Dee's not from Georgia, despite her odd accent, as many people assume. Not much is known about Dee's life prior to or as the outbreak began, except she had a husband named Frank and a daughter named Lydia, and that based on her accent, she grew up or lived somewhere in Appalachia region of the United States, probably somewhere in western Maryland. As part of Dee and Lydia's backstory is shown during the early days of the apocalypse, they were held up in the basement of a warehouse in Baltimore alongside Dee's husband, and Lydia's father, Frank. Oh, these, well, I guess they, they're both Frank. Frank is her husband and Lydia's father. I don't know why they make that distinction. As well as some of the survivors that include Matthias, Lamar, Rose, Amanda, and Cyrus. I'm waiting to see if we go back or not before I go further. And we do. I will try to get to the rest of us at the end. Thanks for joining us.
All right, it's 10.02. The show is over. Joan is ending on a 7. I'm ending on a 6.75. I found it interesting that Lydia doesn't talk about the time when she thought there were fairies and all that other stuff. So I'm kind of interested in the in-between parts. I don't know if we'll get to that. Um, Joan has mentioned I didn't realize there were whispers before Alpha. Interesting. I also find this interesting. So apparently Hera was a leader of the uh, whispers before Alpha. And it actually kind of looks like um, Alpha took her hair and maybe that became the prototype for the mask that she currently wore. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and continue with my notes so that I can get this done this episode. Um, so the backstory. Uh, they were in this basement warehouse in Maryland, in Baltimore. After some time, some of the survivors had left in order to find help, but they never came back. One day, Matthias panicked at the undead, as the undead started to invade the warehouse, and this came up in the episode, but D quickly killed him so as not to give up their location. During the night, as Matthias' brain hadn't been destroyed, and they didn't know any better yet, remember, he reanimates and starts attacking the rest of the survivors in the shelter. During the chaos, Dee kills her husband, Frank, and alongside Lydia leaves the shelter and the, let the remaining survivors be devoured by the undead. In the years that followed, Dee would tell Lydia the reverse of the events in the beginning, that Frank was the abusive one and she was the one trying to protect Lydia, that Matthias killed her father and not Dee herself. Last week's trivia from the second episode. Uncredited, Lex Gettings as Sickly Man, who's the guy who was the passenger in a car with his wife. At some point, the man was bitten on the neck. He said he and his wife loaded up the car with supplies and drove to a gas station convenience store to pick up supplies prior to leaving the city. However, this man turned as soon as he and his wife parked in the parking lot, climbed over to the driver's seat, and pushed his wife out the door. Once on top of her, he takes a bite out of her neck as she screams, and onlookers watch in terror. As a curious Wendell gets too close to the undead man, he lurches forward and attacks the young boy, prompting his horrified father to open fire on the undead man. While he was not credited as a co-star, he was credited as a stuntman and via the AMC Press Center as Sickly Man. Uh, uncredited Marion Green as his wife in the car, and Rachel Hernandez and Ash Harrison as zombified citizens. Deaths from last week. Wendell Rogers the sickly man, uh, was killed by the Sickly Man in some of the uh, multiple timelines. Blair's father... Confirmed fate, Blair, multiple timelines, Gina, multiple timelines, Leo Rogers is alive. Well, no, he may have been zombified at one point. Oil tanker driver, multiple timelines, one unnamed man who refers to sickly man, woman refers to his wife, and many unnamed Atlanta citizens in multiple timelines. First and last appearance of Blair Crawford, Gina, Simon, Jasmine, Joel, Brian, Leo Rogers, Wendell Rogers, the Circle of Trust Insurance Company, and a partridge in a pear tree. The original title of this episode was Heist. This was also originally the series premiere. However, it was arranged also for unknown reasons. Almost every episode is not what it started out as. Um, Joan, I don't know if you need to go. I do have some bit of notes here, so we may be another five to ten minutes. Just wanted you to know that. Um, Okay, the original plot summary for this episode was as follows. It's the onslaught of the apocalypse in Atlanta, Georgia, 2010. As everyday people try to understand the bizarre events unfolding around them, it's anything but business as usual at the Circle of Trust Insurance Company. Blair, Parker Posey, and Gina, Jillian Bell, two co-workers who despise each other, are relentlessly confronted with life-threatening choices that make them question who they want to be at the end of the world. The episode takes place in 2010, around the onset of the apocalypse, meaning it takes place around the same time as Season 1 of Fear. And honestly, season one of Walking Dead Classic, if I may. Um, this episode also takes place on what ends up being Monument Day in World Beyond. Rick Grimes is still in a coma during the events of this episode. Okay, so same year, maybe close to the same month, um, just slightly before he wakes up, I guess. Okay, this is the first episode of the series, as well as the franchise, to have characters resurrect not into undead versions of themselves, as if they were walkers, but instead revive as their human selves, albeit remembering their previous death. However, this is due to the time loop that features throughout the episode. Remember, this is like the Groundhog Day episode, kind of. Um, 
The previous loops don't theoretically happen due to Blair and Gina's death. They were saying, oh, it's unclear if this episode is canon to the franchise as a whole. It would have to be. Um, and I just assume they're doing some groundhog thing and none of the prior loops count. Or even if they do, the final loop is the one that continues. Alternatively, as possible, the first loop is act- how the actual scene at the gas station played out and everything that happens afterwards is somehow experienced by Blair and Gina as they are dying. This is supported by the fact that the characters are aware of the events of the previous loops, even though they shouldn't have any awareness of what will happen ahead of time in any of the later loops. Ultimately, according to showrunner Channing Powell, the canonicity regarding if the time loop had actually occurred or if Gina's fully adieu theory is correct was intentionally left up for interpretation. The disorder Gina mentions, fully adieu, which is French for the folly of two or madness shared by two, is a real disorder that can affect two or more people and is also known as shared psychosis or shared delusional disorder, SDD. This episode was originally conceptualized as taking place over the course of 42 consecutive minutes, mimicking its duration and allowing the effects of the episode to play out in real time. However, this was scrapped in favor of a time loop element. At least two extras among the fleeing highway motorists also played Oceanside residents in the TV series. This is a result of the main show and Tales of the Walking Dead both being filmed in Georgia, as we mentioned earlier with a different person who had a thing going on. All right. Uh, Blair mentions vacationing with her fiancé to Jekyll Island, which may be a nod to the real-life filming location of Oceanside's Beach in the TV series. Uh, Errors in this episode. In the initial shot of the gas station, the PT Cruiser, the Oldsmobile, and the orange car are all seen idling on the main road, Whereas in the episode, the orange car is in the gas line in between Brian and Leo before it flees. And the other two cars arrive at the Mini Mart after Gina. This is likely a production shot in between filming takes where the cars are staged until needed for the episode. The space in between Brian's and Leo's cars after the orange car flees varies in between takes. Cast birthdays this week. Don't want to leave this out. Cassidy McClinty, who is the current Lydia, uh, Alpha's daughter, September 1st. And she's from Ohio. Austin Abrams, who was Ron, Jesse's son, in Alexandria. September 2nd, Sarasota, Florida. Christine Elizabeth Woods, who was Dawn and Atlanta Cop. September 3rd, from Lake Forest, California. And Sahana Srinivasan, who played Athena Mukherjee in Fear. September 4th, Houston, Texas. Let's give them some birthday applause. Thank you. Almost done with most of my notes. Uh, Featured music last episode, Crazy by Patsy Cline, was playing at the opening. No other songs were identified. Unaccounted for characters don't apply. They're not doing the talking dead. I have discussion links, but we certainly didn't run out of time. Here is the rest of the schedule coming up. Uh, Episode four next week is called Amy slash Dr. Everett, written by Amadou Garba, and director is Haifa Al-Mansour. That's September 4th, Labor Day weekend. Fifth is Devon, writer is Channing Powell, director is Satcher, September 11th, and sixth is LaDonna, uh, written by Lindsay Villarreal, and Deborah Kempmeyer is the director on September 18th. Then we have a break on the 25th, and then on October 2nd, we go into the final eight of Walking Dead Classic. Other shows on NDB Media include Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, Mondays 10 p.m., Phantom Access, we can review Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show is on this week, Wednesday the 31st, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. And Travelage Radio on September 1st, Thursday, 473rd episode. We don't yet have a topic, so apologies for that. Thank you for staying for the extra notes. We appreciate your patience. Thank you not only to everyone who's joining us tonight, but those of you who might be listening to this later on via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special appreciation to our host, NDB Media. We hope you will join us next weekend for another live watch party on the same network. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. See you all next time. Thank you again, and good night.